Welcome back to uh, Marketing Foundations podcast for Dr. Sandy Lux, uh, Marketing Foundations class at UN, uh, University of North Dakota. I'm Brad Schmidt. It's Dr. Sandy Luck. How are we doing, Sandy? Doing great today. It's a Friday. It's, it's Friday. It's sunny out. It's still beautiful out. We're a little behind today because normally we record these on Tuesday. Yes. Or Monday or yes. some other day whenever we have time. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> It seems like it's okay to be, uh, yeah. you know, a little out there. That's well, good. I, I will say this: I've been having a lot of fun. I've enjoyed this. It's been it's been great. I get a free marketing class that I didn't know much about, and and interestingly enough, and this is maybe something we can develop as we talk about this over the next several weeks. Is I'm learning things that I didn't know I already knew. If that makes sense, like I I kind of understood the basics of like, oh, you got to kind of know who you're trying to sell to and all of that kind of stuff. But I didn't know the terminology, and it makes so much more sense now. And I'm noticing it when I'm going to businesses and things. I'm going, oh, they're doing this marketing thing that Sandy taught me about in the last episode or whatever. And so it's been a lot of fun for me. I hope it's been fun for the students, and I hope it's also been fun for you as well. So, Dr. Luck, what are we going to talk about this week? You mentioned, um, uh, what is it, positioning, right? Yeah, positioning. We're going to talk about marketing positioning and how companies, brands, product services position themselves so that the customer was to see what the customer thinks of them or how they feel about them. So uh, I think to start off, well, let's go back just to back up a step. I do think students are loving it. So okay. I'll tell you that. Good. The reflections Thank you. are great. They're having a good time with it. I'm having a good time. And just yesterday in class, we did talk about exactly what you said. So in marketing, marketing is so simple because we are marketed too. We're consumers. We're Constantly. Consumers. Yeah, all the time. And so now what I'm doing is I'm giving you all the information and it is now standing in front of you and staring at you and you're going, oh, now I understand that concept. It's kind of like the yellow car, right? When somebody tells you to pay attention and look for every yellow car, yep. suddenly you're like, oh. Yellow cars everywhere. Who would have ever thought of that? And here's here's something that that I, I don't know where I heard this or where I learned this, but it illustrates that is if you own a particular brand of car, like my wife drives a Nissan Altima, I drive a Honda Ridgeline. You know what I see all over town? Nissan Altimas and Honda Ridgelines. But before I was driving a Toyota Foreigner, and you know what I saw all over town? was a Toyota foreigner. And, and I don't remember where I heard this or who, who taught me it, but that that is just part of our natural psychology that when we have a particular product, we notice everybody else that has it as well. Whereas prior to getting the product ourselves, we had no idea. Exactly. It was so, just lost in the, the sea of products. That would be in your psychology classes. Thank gosh <laughs> to them, right? <laughs> so psychology is important, even though it's that big class that there's 400 students in there and you're sitting there and just feeling like a little number. There is tons of great information in there. Yeah. And so, yeah, absolutely. And so we think about that in positioning, you know, how you can position yourself so people just continue to think about you and you come up in their mind. You're right. You know, when we talk about um, any kind of a product on a commercial or on radio, suddenly people are starting to think about it, talk about it, and then they're seeing it everywhere which is exactly what we want. You you mentioned, or I, you didn't mention, I, I noticed in the textbook, they had kind of a definition of, of positioning, and it says it's a strategy for defining and portraying brands or products in ways that cause ideal customers to perceive them as the best solution for their needs. That's a lot of jargon, basically, to say, we want to make our product look like something you want. Yeah, absolutely. And or some, our brand or our service or yeah. whatever, yeah. 
and something that someone else does not have. So that's also very important. The word competitive advantage comes into my mind all the time when I'm thinking about positioning because you want to make sure that you're positioning yourself so you are better than the other competitors in some fashion. You don't have to be in every single way because there's there's companies out there that strive to be great with a great product, like the best product. It might not be the best cost. It might be expensive, yeah. right? And then there's another one that comes into play that's very similar, but they have the lowest price. So there's a there's a different positioning statement for each of them. And kind of everywhere in between. And I mentioned when we were we were talking about this before we got started recording the 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 idea of the Rolex watch. It's you know, and, and it's actually, believe it or not, it's not the most expensive watch out there. There's lots of other watch companies that make those ultra fine, high quality watches. But then, you know, I can't afford a fifty thousand dollar or a hundred thousand dollar or a half a million dollar Richard Melee watch, but I can afford a three hundred dollar Seiko or I can afford a a hundred and fifty dollar, you know, Samsung smartwatch or whatever. And so there there's a it is about the need of the consumer as well or the desire of the consumer, right? Exactly. So in positioning you can follow others, other brands, and a lot of times that's how products are made. You know, there is going to be a product that starts, right? That that is the newest and greatest and the first, which is awesome if you can be that product, if you can develop that product. But then there's going to be followers and they're all going to come through and they're going to find something better that they can do than the first product. And I mean, this is every kind of product. This is everything from phones to laptops to coffee. There's going to be somebody who started it at the very beginning and then the next company or the next person who's just developed little bit different and to say that they're a little bit better. Yeah. Folgers came along long before Starbucks and, and all of those, you know, and there's probably somebody before Folgers coffee has been around for several hundred years. Right. So um, it is, it, it, when we're talking about these positioning statements and, and, and these positioning ideologies and whatnot, there's a lot of pieces to this. It's not just going, Oh, we want to sell cheap hamburgers like McDonald's or we want to do whatever there there's there really is a lot of thought that goes into this for for a lot of businesses right absolutely because I think it goes back to understanding what your company values what their mission statement is what you want the customer to see you as and so I, I gave you this example you know we're in a world with coffee that we're competitive with the largest and greatest you know coffee suppliers out there and so how do local, little local coffee shops try to say we're better than Starbucks? Mm. I mean, everybody knows the word Starbucks. So how do, does any competitor, how do we, you know, compete with any of those? And I think for most local companies, they use the word local. And we like that. You know, even me as a consumer, when I go traveling, the first place I go is any local restaurant, any local coffee shop. I would rather support the locals. And plus, I want to kind of see what their culture is all about. I already know what the Starbucks looks like. I already know what Caribou looks like. And that's what they're good for, right? If I want consistency, I can go there because it's the same in Washington, D.C. as it is in Grand Forks, North Dakota. But you're not going to get the same kind of coffee at a local coffee shop in Washington, D.C. compared to Grand Forks. So when... when... <laughs> When we start talking about how all of that plays out, it, do you have to have the positioning before 
the product or because you hear about this guy that invented this thing and didn't really know anything about it. In fact, McDonald's, you know, Ray Croft or Kraft or whatever his name was. I think it's Krog. 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 Okay. (laughs) So he started this company and didn't really know how to do anything with it. But then along comes this other guy who goes, hey, you know, Ray's hamburgers isn't selling as well or won't sell as well as McDonald's. So do you have to have the product first or do you have to have the positioning first or is it a little of both or each inexperience is a little bit different? I'm going to tell you from my experience and from reading, you know, about other products, it would be the product first and then figure out what the product has that's valuable to customers. What need does it meet and so on? So we call we say USP, so unique selling proposition. A lot of times when we're thinking about a product, what is it that people will buy my product instead of someone else's? Mm-hmm. And so I would say you need the product first, and then you got to figure out, maybe that goes back to the research. Why do people want to buy my product? Uh-huh. What do they, what do they want to use it for? What do they value with it? Again, going back to cost. I mean, I think, you know, we think sometimes cars, we think sometimes that, different target audiences look at different prices of cars. So why would somebody who's a multimillionaire, why would they choose to have a Lincoln, a Porsche? Why would they choose to have an Audi? Like what's the difference and what do those companies say that they provide that's going to entice me? I mean, I have, I have, I don't, but let's pretend I have millions of dollars and I can pick whatever kind of car I want. (laughs) Right. So why am I going to choose yeah. one of those? What is their value proposition? What is their, what are they saying that they have that I need? Maybe I need great gas mileage. Maybe I want a fancy car. Maybe I only want a two seater because I don't want kids in the back seat. Yeah. You know, maybe all I want is the status of owning that particular brand. And exactly. yeah, I've got the red Ferrari in my garage and you don't. Maybe I've watched Matt's commercials and I love how he's smooth. (laughs) The Lincoln makes you feel so, so good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and let's face it. I'm a dude. Matthew McConaughey is a pretty good looking guy. I know, right? (laughs) And just side note, I already said this. I started reading his book. It's actually worthwhile. And I'm not a reader. I'm a listener. Yeah. But I was flying and... Uh, in the airport, you know, you always see books in the airport. Yep. Then you feel like you're <laughs> obligated to buy a book. I don't know if that's just me or what. It's the status of being, <laughs> I'm smarter than you. I'm reading a book while you sit there and flip through Facebook on yeah, your phone. <laughs> yeah, right? So I bought this book and I started reading it and it is pretty intriguing. He's a pretty interesting guy. So, and, and it makes and you want to buy a Lincoln. <laughs> I would love to have a Lincoln. A so, great idea. trying to get back on track of 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 positioning, you talked a little bit before we started. We kind because of, now we kind of know what positioning is and how you do it. You 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 either got a you know high quality product or you've got an inexpensive product that's good enough quality. You know, whatever you get, you know, good service. Or there's actually a restaurant. I can't remember where it is. Like the whole the whole position of the restaurant is they, they insult you. Like they, you <laughs> yes. go in and sit down and they, they're, they're like the, all the waiters, waiters and waitresses are like ultra rude. And, and like, that's part of the gimmick of that particular place. And I can't remember what that restaurant is called, but have you heard of this? Yes. I it's, think it's in Minneapolis and I want to say it's called Dick's and I'm not sure if I'm right <laughs> with it. It would be fitting that that's what it's called. <laughs> Pretty sure that's what it yeah. is, and they do very inappropriate things. Right, but and it, that's the they they'll they'll make fun of you. There's a restaurant, and when I used to live in Colorado, there's a restaurant in Denver. Like it, you, you were required to wear a tie, 
but if you're a guy, but only because when you walk in, they take a scissors and cut your tie off. Oh my gosh. And so you only have a little stub left of your tie. That's part of their gimmick. And obviously that would be terrible service at a good restaurant, but right. it's part of their gimmick. So that's positioning, right? It is, it is making yourself unique in the marketplace. Would you say Absolutely. a unique selling position? So sometimes though, you've got to reposition, right? Cause right. an Apple is probably the best example of this that I can think of because when, when Max and all of that first started coming out is they were just going to build the best quality computer you could get. They didn't care about getting it to market first. They didn't care about beating Microsoft to the market or whatever. They just wanted to be the best, but they then had to kind of reposition themselves because Apple computers were getting so expensive that they were prohibitively um, expensive, and they had to reposition themselves a few times throughout their career, about their 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 existence. And so, how do you explain repositioning? So, when I think about a company that needs to reposition, it's exactly that. There's there's a reason why they need to make a change. Sales are dropping, or Absolutely. whatever. Or maybe trends are happening in the environment, you know, around them. There's things that, economy. Blockbuster. Yeah, blockbuster. What? Like, really? There's still one left. Yeah, I know, right? I think everybody should watch that documentary. Really? I think so. Is it pretty good? Well, no, not really. But, I mean, it gives you the insight. <laughs> not really. <laughs> it really wasn't great, but it's fun. I, I was a Blockbuster user. Yeah. And so. Oh, I, who, our age, who wasn't? I know. I wonder if, like students were that are listening and so i'd like to hear from you if you if you were because you know i think well they you had to have been because my kids would my go kids into yeah my kids were yeah yeah and they were so excited on a friday night yeah, it was but a they big were gonna, deal exactly. you gotta go rent a new movie or yeah yeah and then they'd always have to get the popcorn too or yep. the candy i mean they were always excited about that but they got two movies when they came in and they had to go to a certain area to find the, yeah, movies. the kids section and yep yes yes yeah and so, and then you were so disappointed when you saw that the movie was not available. Yeah, there's it was 50 of them on the shelf and they're all empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I remember standing in line, just be like, hmm, do you think it's going to be back soon? Should I wait? Like, should I just browse? <laughs> Will somebody return one while we're here? <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of them going, just rent it on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I know. Yeah, now, right? And that's exactly what you can do now. But I mean... At that time, that none of those things were av- available. And so, you know, Blockbuster obviously has gone out of business, except for the one, which is very unique and very interesting. But thinking about like Redbox, even me as an adult, when I see people walking up to the Redbox at holiday, yeah, I do kind of look at them like, hmm, weird. You have a DVD player. Yeah. That's yeah. great, but... Why not just rent it? The banking industry. Uh, yeah. the, just a, 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 maybe six months ago or so, I'm standing in line at a store and, and a college kid in front of me pulls out a checkbook and starts oh, writing a check. What? I'm like, what? What is happening here? What, what are you doing? Do you think I'm accept like, checks? Well, no, because they, they just pulled, they run it through their thing and handed the check back to her. I, I was so stunned that somebody was writing a check. I, I, I was, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like something wrong is going on here. Like this is not normal. <laughs> so, I, I remember one of my students, or excuse me, one of my employees called, and she's a student. She's somebody young. was writing a check, and yeah. she didn't know how to do. It. Well, she's like, "What do I do with this?" <laughs> but yeah, the banking industry has had to reposition. Now everything is about. 
the cards, the little, you know, the debit cards and the chips and all that kind of stuff. And now I, I just got a, a, a smartwatch for my, for my birthday. I can, I can pay with my watch and all that kind of stuff now. And I love it. I, I love seeing companies reposition themselves because oftentimes it's a brand that we've kind of all known as one thing and you get to kind of see that brand in a new, in a new way. Right. Well, and I think I'll, we go through in, in a few chapters, we'll talk about how products kind of go from life to death, right? Or birth to death. So throughout their lifetime, just like people, we have a process where we will, the, the product is created, it's developed, it's moving along, high sales, lots of sales, and then suddenly it starts to decline. Well, I mean, that's how we are as people, right? <laughs> we had a certain age and we start declining. <laughs> and that's also when you see people going, okay, I need to get healthier. I need to exercise, yeah. you know, and suddenly, oh my gosh, my bones are hurting. So I need to do more. Not, I mean, okay, maybe by experience. <laughs> no, it's not just you. <laughs> I'm 46. I, I've started losing weight about a week and a half ago, I was 202 and I'm now down to 194. So yeah. Congratulations. And, but that's, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm essentially trying to reposition myself because I don't want to be 55, 60 years old and, and groaning and moaning every time I get up out of a chair. I want to be healthier. Yeah. And I think that's the same with products. So I think that is how a product repositions itself because it says, I don't want to be icky and, you know, go downhill and get off the shelf and be clear in the clearance aisle. So I think a a product follows the trends and the company should be following the trends all the time. And even, you know, thinking about like economic trends when people have more money or they have less money, what do you put on the shelf? Uh, our company thinks that we think about that all the time. If there is a time where people have extra money, guess what? Christmas time, holiday time, um, you know, maybe even after tax season, suddenly you see lots of products on our shelves. There's a reason for that. We, as a marketing group, came together and said, okay, we're going to reposition ourselves as a company and say, we're not just going to be coffee right now. We're going to have gifts available in our store. So I think even just as a company, as a whole, you can reposition all of your products. And you can do that multiple times a day, even. I mean, that's obviously somewhat maybe a a bit over-exaggerated, but the, and, but yet you're still, and maybe I'm, I'm assuming something that isn't true here, but yet you're still kind of working within that positioning statement because the gifts that we have are gifts for, people who love coffee or people who, you know, are, are readers or whatever. Cause I know like you have a few books and things in your stores and whatnot as well. So it fits within the value right. or the mission of your company. Yeah. Absolutely. You're not, you're not selling smartphones no. on the side. You're yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, when we're trying to figure out if we should reposition, a lot of it might go back to that research chapter where suddenly we're starting to notice there's a drop in sales and maybe we do, I don't know, an Instagram post and say, answer yes or no. Do you still like this particular product? Mm. I mean, there's lots of different ways you can do easy, simple research as a marketer to understand what your consumers like, don't like. And then maybe from that, you say, okay, we need to turn this around and say, maybe get rid of that product. Or maybe we need to add, add something to it or give an alternative to it. So we can do that by you know, watching trends, watching what's happening in the world, also what's happening with our competitors. You know, what are they doing and how are they changing? I think about 
talked about the word repositioning and compare it to pivot. Yeah. The COVID world. Every yeah. business had to pivot. Yeah. So we all pivoted so that we could meet the needs of the customer that did not want to be, you know, closer than six feet. In the store. Yep. Yeah. And so maybe we, you know, added a pickup line. Maybe we added outside delivery. I mean, there were so many different things and people repositioned themselves so that they could provide the service or the need that so one of the things that you talked about earlier in the in the discussion here was the positioning statement in crafting those does it have to be the you know the 40 page business plan to to develop a positioning statement or can it just be you know cheap cars that run forever or i, I mean it, it, does it can it be just something simpler does it, it totally can be something simpler i think i i just actually talked to someone recently and talked about the 40-page business plan or 40-page marketing plan. And I expressed to them that this was great and is great for the academic world. And the students all know I think this too. But the one-page marketing plan. Give me the insight of your product in one page so that I can understand what you're thinking. And so if you're talking about a positioning statement in that one page, it obviously has to be a statement. It is, is the KISS discussion relevant i mean keep it simple stupid absolutely yeah Yeah. and i think also it's because our world trending world we don't have time to read 40 pages and i don't want to read 40 pages yeah there's just a bunch of bs in there and i don't care for most of it exactly so give me the important pieces that i need now here's the important piece of a one page marketing plan or one page business document it has to be well written and it has to be thoughtful because you have to take that 40 pages that you, you were supposed to write and put it into one page. It has to become intentional. Exactly. It, it has to be. specific and detailed. And your sentence can't be a, a, a baloney sentence. It's got to be very specific. You're not trying to fill words in a research paper. Right, right. And sometimes that's hard to do. Sometimes I think that's the challenge for a lot of students is to bring that down to a one-pager. Because most of the time in the academic world, that's what we're told to do. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how many, when I was in college, I don't know how many, you know, 15 page this and 10 page that and 20 page this that I wrote. And yeah. So I can remember students when I first started, you know, and I would say, tell me why we need to write the 40 pages and why I can't, you know, we would have this conversation and students would say, I'll tell you how many times I've added in other paragraphs that had nothing to do with my paper because in 40 pages, how is a professor going to read 40 pages of a hundred students are listening to me going, hmm, that's a good idea, Sandy. <laughs> Don't I, worry. You'll never have a 40 page. I knew, <laughs> I knew a professor that said he had students one time that would take, they would write their entire paper and then they would copy and paste everything and, and paste it in between each line, but set the text color to white. So it didn't show up oh my gosh. and it increased the word count in there and he said I caught one of my students doing this one time on accident because I had highlighted something and it highlighted both lines and it was a c- duplicate so yeah there's don't, a, do that. don't do that you'll get caught eventually <laughs> oh there's so it's funny but anyway that we're <laughs> we're, uh, we're going to run off into the weeds it'll be like my radio show just be a train wreck so 
positioning. What what else do we need to know? What's kind of the you talked about a positioning matrix, and we I think we kind of touched on it a little bit. It's either slow or fast. It's cheap or expensive. It's whatever. But um, what else? What's the kind of the if they need to get one thing out of this episode? What do they need to know? I think to understand how your consumer can see your product or your service. So these guys are doing a project, and I don't know that we've talked about this, but they're doing a project that they're rebranding a organization and an event. And so I think what they'd need to do if they were looking for a positioning statement for One Million Cups and the rebranding of it is to say what do the, the what does the audience or what do the consumers think about this? How do they see it? And what value does it bring? Which that sometimes helps you create marketing because maybe you, maybe people do see a value that you have not thought about and wow, there, that, that's how I can get more people coming to, you know, to be in the audience of 1 million cups, or maybe that's how I can get more awareness for 1 million cups because people are telling me what they value for it. And I haven't really shared that with others. I see. So the, there was a movie years ago that, that I think it was, Pitchman or something like that was the name. I think it was Robin Williams was in it. And the the concept is he was a car salesman um, or a, he was a marketing executive or something trying to help this car company rebrand. And I believe the car company was Volvo. And essentially the statement he came up with was they're boxy, but they're good. And And that idea was like, look, if you're the person who doesn't really care about the looks of a car, who doesn't really care about how fast it goes or any of that kind of stuff, you just want a car that's a good quality car that's going to keep your kids safe. Buy a Volvo. They're boxy, but they're good. And so that's that was their positioning statement. Absolutely. You're the person who wants a car that just does car stuff. Right. I, I don't care what it looks like. I don't know anything about cars. I'm not a get uh, a gearhead or any of that. I just want a good quality car. And I'm going to guess that how they came up with that was they did their research and asked the customers what is the value of a Volvo. Yeah. And it was it, it was fictional movie, but yeah. that was the yeah. yeah. But they they talk about that where because he was essentially just tired of all of the 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 garbage and the BS and the fluff, and so that's what he came up with. And in it thinking that oh they'll fire me over this, and they loved it. And it yeah. Anyway, it's a long story. Watch the movie. I can't okay. remember. I think it was Pitchman or something like that. But I'll anyway, yeah. So um, Sandy, so the one thing they need to know is just. Understand that a positioning statement or positioning a product really is to understand the value or what that's giving to the customer okay. and how they perceive it. Okay. All right. With that, we should probably wrap it up. Otherwise, we're going to get too long-winded and, and you and I could talk for days. We've done it. So, uh, Sandy, thank you again. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week. Any idea what we're talking about? I can't even, you, you told me last week, I asked you that question. I'm like, I have no idea what we're talking about. And then... I think next week is talking about buying behavior, which is buying, consumer ooh. behavior and psychology. A little bit of psychology. Yeah. Yeah, it could be All fun. Right. Well, that will be a lot of fun. So Dr. Luck, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Okay.